All right, this is going to be another longer intro segment here. Probably going to be four or five minutes, depending on how long I go with CC Ball, because I want to touch on CC Ball here. It is the morning of the DCL Large Championship game. It's here. The road ends here. You know, March Madness saying the road ends here for us seniors. It's our last game. We know it. Um, so I just want to share some storylines and do some Team of Destiny stuff. Um, so full circle, you know, this Noon South is our first opponent of the season. Um, crazy first game. It was, like, absurd, like, out of this world, like, for me, I guess, personally, um, making the start, the whole thing, because we had four rotation guys out. Um, and then, of course, you know, we get blown out that game, but, you know, we thought we played well. Second game, we lose again. We get Al back, but, you know, for this game, we get Ben and Liam back, as we allude to in uh, the segment later in the episode, which is going to be huge for us. Liam and Ben are, are very, very important players for us, just all the things that they, that they do. Um, how they just like mess with a with an offense. They're just they're just very good players. So good to get them back. Keys to the victory stuff. Obviously, I'm not going to go over. Not going to reveal any of the game plan we have, in case this gets relayed to any uh, noon South jabronis over these next seven eight hours. But just some uh, just some of the storylines from the from the keys to the, to the victory, as we do. Uh, bullet note number one: We belong in in this spot in this G- DCL Large Championship. Um, Obviously, we're a DCL small team. You know, our population is under 1,300 students here. Um, for example, Cambridge Region Latin is like almost 2,000 students, and they got moved from DCL small, excuse me, from the large to the small. You know, just COVID stuff, I guess, ge- geographically speaking. Um, so that's that. And the thing is, we belong because we beat the, DC- we beat the likely DCL small champion, Weston, twice. We beat them twice. And Weston, for example, beat Cambridge twice this season. And so this would be probably the one year in CC ball history that we actually could have beaten Cambridge. Um, as Coach Cohen said, and as John has said, we, we would probably have 12 to 14 wins in a normal 20-game season. You know, in a, in non, in a, you know if, there wasn't a, if there wasn't a pandemic around, we probably would have 12 to 14 wins. So we feel like we belong in the spot. Um, bolt note number two, Tyler Jamo, man. Tyler Jamo, man. He is ten points shy of a thousand career points, um, so we want to get, we want to, uh, you know, win it, win it for him, uh, get, get, you know, thousand points for him, recognize that, uh, big time accomplishment. I think it's like it would be like the fifth, the fifth player ever in CC ball history to to, to reach that mark. Um, bolt nut number three here, the eighteen man energy of of the game five of the maroon and white scrimmage that we had two days ago, um, elite elite stuff there, you know. Uh, we were, uh, you know, it's it's seniors plus uh, plus Tucker and Ash against all the juniors and uh, and sophomores. We were without Nolan, without John. Um, we got we picked up Amari um, for the game five. There, we won the first two games, lost the second two games. Both all those were kind of like blowouts. Game five goes double overtime. We prevail. Uh, the energy, you know, uh, the guys on the mic, Lars, Nolan, Hadley, the guys on the mic, energy there. Everybody in the game playing with energy. Guys on the bench with energy. So that's the type, you know. It's 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 all it's all eighteen guys plus the three coaches for us. So that's that, that's the mentality we want going in this game. Bolt number four here on this point. It is the last game, right? Again, the road ends here, as as the March Madness saying goes. Um, we're fortunate to get to know, you know, that this will be the end of our season, one way or the other. This will be the end of our season if we win or if we lose, and the only other time that happens is for the uh, MIAA State Tournament Championship as the teams from 2014 and 2016 experienced. So it's a it's a kind of a nice feeling, you know, you know whatever happens here, it's, it's the end of it. Um, you know, we won't have to play the what-if game, the, you know, what if we won this game, could we run the table? It, the end is here, so we know that we get to, we get to play for that. Uh, wow, already already over four minutes here. This is, this is going to be a long-ass intro. Um, and then Team of Destiny stuff, you know, I was trying to try to push this narrative, um, but... I think there's something to it here. I don't know what defines a team of destiny, but just have some facts and, you know, decide it for yourself if you think that we're, we're a team of destiny. Um, obviously, bolt number number one, bump from the DCL small to large for, the, for this season due to COVID. Again, the Cambridge thing, right? The, the, you know, 700 more students than us, they get bumped down. Um, it is what it is. So then we start the season 0-5, right? Against all DCL large teams, that being Newton South, then LS, then you know, AB. Um, so we lost all those games. Only one of those games we we uh, was was close. Three point loss to LS the second time around. We thought we could have won that game, and then of course we have we have the COVID outbreak. 
So that forces a 14-day quarantine for everyone on the team. You know, we do the Zoom meetings, the whole thing. Everybody gets tested. We're all good. All right, we're back. So first game back in 22 days. So we go from January 19th, the AB loss, the at AB loss, to February 10th at Weston. We beat Weston at Weston again by 10 points on their senior night, Held and we held Sawyer to 17 points, obviously, right? Sawyer, the 6'10 kid, D1, multiple D1 offers. We had a great game plan on him. And triumphant victory, great, great team vote uh, road victory. Uh, we we uh, talked about that last week in the intro. Again, we beat them two days later on our on our senior night. Sawyer called in sick before the game. We played much worse than we did just two days before, and we were trailing the entire fourth quarter again. Right from last week's intro, definitely felt like last year's uh, senior night against Maynard. Just like like what's going on here? Are we really going to lose to this team? But Tyler Jamal, man, fade on our side, clutched up, made the and one, made the free throw. And so uh, we won that game. And then, of course, Sunday at Waltham, uh, we beat them by 30 points with a slow start. They made the first shot of the game. We had, like, two points in, like, the first four or five minutes. We ended up beating them by 30. The, our 1-3-1 was suffocating. That's not a, you know, that's not a game plan reveal, and Noon South knows that. Um, but uh, more, hopefully we'll be uh, more, unper- more uh, unpredictable than that. Um, but, and then Waltham cancels the second game with us. We were supposed to play them again tomorrow, but they canceled that. So that just goes to the point of uh, us knowing we belong. Uh, team of Destiny, yeah. You know, teams trying to cancel on us. Don't want that. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll take that for what it is. And then, of course, Acton-Barksboro, Noon South had to go to overtime just for the right to play us in the championship, despite both of them having already beaten us previously in the season. And again, I make this point on the show, but again, um, uh, you know, that, that might play to our advantage, knowing that they might have taken that game as the important one, knowing that they had handily beaten us um, already this season. So, I say all that to say this. I think it's more of a 50-50 chance. I really do. 50-50. I know in the show I said 45. You know, Roe makes fun of me for that. It is what it is. Uh, trying to be objective. But, um, you know, that was, you know, we recorded this before practice yesterday. I feel I feel optimistic about our chances today. It's it's here. Um, it's happening. I want to make sure I say all this stuff so, you know, I can look back on this, you know, for my own purposes and be like, you know, if I ever am missing CC Ball, go back to this, you know, intro segment here, whatever, this is going to be like nine minutes here or whatever, and just say, this is what it felt like the morning, the morning of a DCLR championship. Wow, man, it's really happening. Wow, pinch me. Goddamn. Um, so there's that. I think it's truly 50-50, um, and hopefully we win. That would be electric go down and uh, immortalize ourselves, this team, this team, last last, last game as, a t- as this team here, the 2020-2021 CC Ball team, man, let's try, let's try to win this. Um, other another non-CC Ball team of Destiny stuff, um, the Q's game, Syracuse game against Louisville was postponed, uh, COVID reasons, uh, so that was postponed from yesterday. The Celtics, with another stop me, you've heard this before, disappointing loss, eh, to the Hawks last night, Trey Young took over late, we get the rematch with the Hawks on Friday. Kevin Durant will not play tonight against the Lakers. You know, still dealing with that hamstring injury. And the Jazz, the Utah Jazz, we get into this a little bit, have now won 20 of their last 21 games following their 18-point win over the Clippers last night. No Kawhi Leonard, but they were down at halftime. They were still like three-and-a-half-point favorites coming out of the halftime despite trailing by five, but it is what it is. But thank you for listening to the program. We truly do appreciate eight-and-a-half-minute intro. It is what it is, but thank you for listening. In the board, episode 89 here. Um, Zoom episode over February break. The NBA heavy. We have our usual first couple bullet notes, of course, Celtics and Nets. And, of course, we're going to start off with the Celtics. The Celtics have been playing so poorly recently that they even made national news. But uh, they got a good bounce back win against the Nuggets last night. A lot of guys played well. Good energy, good vibes. Although Kemba is still being pretty meh. Um so to recap, we beat the Raptors, then we lost to the Pistons and the Wizards, who are like the the two worst teams in the Eastern Conference. And so, Bijan, I know I know you've been a uh, very pessimistic about the Celtics team recently. You know, Jason Tatum, six points, what have you. The team not moving the ball around. Um, let's start off with you. What what has pissed you off the most about watching the Celtics team recently? So at least, um, so it's really just been like the lack of ball movement, and I pointed this out a while ago. Now people are starting to realize um, that you know it's just not a sustainable way of playing. You know, Tatum. You know, when I watch him play, he can he has the ability to really get to the rim. Not whenever, like, but really often. You know, a lot of times you had Jamal Murray on him last night. So you should be able to 
get to the rim. But instead, he was just like taking like fadeaway deep twos and like missing. He had some nice passes, um, but Tatum was like really annoying me, just like he has been. Um, and like Walker, like he's getting, I think he's getting slightly better, um, but still he's like struggling shooting. But like um, Brown is Brown is really good, and I like the energy that some of the role guys played with yesterday, like Neesmith and Shemi and like Rob Williams. They all played really really well um, with with good energy, and. Um, but yeah, really just this the lack of ball movement and also like the spotty defense. I think the defense has gotten significantly better, but it's still really, really like inconsistent. Yeah, to that point, besides Jokic last night, the defense was really locked in. And even Jokic was just No, the, the Jokic defense was actually good. It's it was they were like making shots that's just like like contested in his face. Even Time Lord couldn't, you know. No, Time Lord did a good job against I think he did he did a good job, but Jokic was also still able to make shots over him. A few, but he did the best job of anyone. And impressive. We didn't have Tice, so it's nice to see Time Lord get some good minutes, and he was super active. I'm a huge Time Lord fan. Honestly, as I think I'm going to bump him up to like the tr- the most trustworthy tier besides our core four guys. Obviously, Smart's still out. Would, I'm, uh, oh, my God. Like, uh, just, uh, there's no one trustworthy on the team except for Jalen. So. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. How does Tatum score like six points? Like Brown would never score six points. Only. Yeah, I think Tatum's still really inconsistent on his like, finishing. It's it's pretty obvious to know how he's just not locked in. Like I noticed in the beginning of the year, he's like he wasn't he's like missing his free throws, and like they're like even the ones he was making were like not like not good. They're just like bouncing around. Like and then towards the the middle is like uh, when he started playing really well, he was just making all his free throws. It's little things like that help me notice that he's not locked in. With Kemba, I've noticed to that point, Bijan, even when he makes threes, I don't feel like they're good make threes. I know it's weird right. to say, but like... It's, even, a little diff- it's a little different. Yeah. But for, for three free throws, like it's, it's a little different. Yeah. Threes, like you said, make a three, it's good. Free throw, it's like... Obviously, like you want to make free throws. So you can tell if someone's locked in. It's not due to him being locked in that his threes aren't perfect swishes. It's a little different. I don't really see the comparison there. Well, I think uh, Jalen is definitely our best player. You know, I've been saying this for a while. Uh, a lot of people don't realize he's been shooting like 42% from three, which is like incredible. A lot of people do realize that actually, but continue. Okay, well, if I probably said that, then a lot of people in this uh, clean the boards would not know that. But anyway, um, you know, he, he plays great defense a lot. You know, Jason kind of takes place off. Zach Levine yeah. shooting 43% from the three-point line. Just- Tossing it out there. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Sucks, sucks that the Bulls have no future, though. Thanks. Ha. All right, I'll get started later. I'll get yeah. started later. Levine's, Levine's a no-name player. No, 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 six of Celtics. I'll get started later. I'll get started later. The Bulls update, but yeah, continue on the Celtics right now. But uh, yeah, you know, Kemba's not been looking good. You know, I don't think he's been looking good for about like a year now, a full calendar year. Uh, worried about him. Um you know, his it's just kind of a bad contract. Nothing you can really do about it. Wait, are you sure you're not happy that he's doing bad? Because you just hate him. No, I'm not. He just sucks in general, so I'm not surprised. Uh, but yeah, Jalen's a superstar. Tatum's a superstar. I like the role players like Grant. You know, Grant's up and down, but, you know, he has a lot of great moments. Uh, Rob Williams, good. Thompson, uh, overall good. I, yeah, just a bunch of key solid role players and uh two super young superstars and one bum overrated guy uh <laughs> the, the 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 actually the role players are actually like really inconsistent so that's not really a strength of the team in my opinion so well, we have- i didn't say it's a strength i'm just saying the guys are solid like you know two there's gonna be at least a couple like even though there's so many on the Celtics, like at least like three of them are gonna like play well every single night. Nope, not at least three. We got we got three last night against Nuggets, which was great to see. No, okay, I consider role. I consider like kind of Tristan's kind of a role player, even though he does start. Uh, Semi, I consider Neesmith, Pritchard, Robert Williams, Javante Green is solid. Uh, Grant Williams, that's like six right there. None of those guys, except for Pritchard, though, can like create their own shot, which is like I understand. like Carson Edwards too. I don't know. I just think like out of those guys, like usually out of those seven, three or uh, three usually step up. Kind of, sort of, but like I think yet you're you're giving them too much credit, especially for someone who has been you know anti-Celtics agenda. <laughs> I, 
in my opinion, they're not. It's not like too much credit or not too much credit. I feel like based off like if it's more Ainge's fault, like the players are just like all super young. It's not like the the players like. I don't really have a like. I don't have like a personal like problem with like any of those guys because they're all like most of them are like super young and like it's not really like I feel like they've been given like an adequate amount of credit by John because it's true like they do some of them do come to play but it's just like it more so about like how Danny Ainge like has failed to like have any like any consistent depth so like those guys like I feel like they've they, they've done like kind of slightly what's expected of them um, because you know, they're all young and they're all like lower like lower first round draft picks so like. You know, I don't really feel like he's giving them too much credit. Yeah, okay, that's fair, I guess. But, like, I want to believe in Time Lord to a point where I can trust him every night, and I think he can do that. I'm super high on him. And obviously- well, I think we all can trust him, but, like, he just, in the coaches and GM's mind, he just gets uh, beat out by um, uh, Tristan Thompson and Tice. I don't know what you just said. What was your, what did you, what do you mean by that? The coaches and GM's mind. Uh, I think the coaches and GM think that Thompson and Tice are obviously better. Well, Brad will do this thing where he'll give he'll give different guys different minutes. He's now in a spot where he's giving Neesmith, for example, first guy off the bench minutes. You know, he's now giving semi starting minutes, and semi is a guy who I've been coming around on. I know John, you've been hounding him for a while, but like, I don't think it's like they're. Lo- I don't think Brad is like low on time. Where I think he's. I think he loves the energy that he brings the self. Yeah, yeah, but he just might not like him as much as the other guys. He's only averaging like 14 minutes on the season. So like yeah. the thing is like one thing Brad Stevens said earlier in the season was like he was like, we're going to the double big lineup as in Thompson and Tice because you know we want to get time lord minutes. Well, I mean, and he, he even admitted that it was like bad, but like I, I just hated that 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 Brad said that because you know you're you're hurting the team because you want to play someone. Okay. That means you have too many bigs, you know, but the thing is they don't, they're in a really tricky spot because all the bigs, like none of them are like quite good enough. And you know, I think if you played time Lord, like a lot, like I feel like he could develop, but currently none of them are like good enough to just be like, to like play starting big man minutes, like every night. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also, you also need them because well, they they're, all, they're all like average. Players. None of them are. Yeah, No, they average. are, but you all need them because they all do different things. Well, but none of them do like a lot of things well. Um, or I mean, I'd say Tice probably is most complete. He's just undersized, but I'm, I mean, I, I like Tice, but he's just, he's undersized and like, yeah, you have three, six, nine, six, ten 10 centers. That's not really going to cut it in my opinion, <laughs> but so that's, it's, they're in a tricky spot with the bigs. Cause like you, you like all, you like what all three of them can bring, but, and yet you can't like unlock them. Cause you, you have three of them. And it's a, it's a weird spot. I mean, I don't know. I think they've been like that weird, like, smaller center size for years. And I mean, it's been fine with them for them, like through the history of their game. I mean, the past like few years, but it's also been like one of the things that's held us back every year. is not having that like big guy at uh, the five. I mean, they had, I mean, they had Horford and yeah, but he like, he underperformed. And I would say underperformed. No, he played played pretty well, but I don't think he had like Baines. Yeah, they had Baines and like, We've never had a good and a very good like like a, a superstar. Or, uh, so you don't need Horford. You don't need that. You yeah, already Horford, had like, Horford's like a top like he was like a top five, like seven center. Yeah, Horford was really good. And True. then again, at the same time, he was playing with like underdeveloped players. Yeah, he he, he, just, he, didn't, he didn't have like good stats, but he was like really good at defense. Like I know, I wish they could give him much more impact. I wish they could get him somehow and like not have the contract, but yeah, if he like got bought out or something, he'd be, he'd be a great fit on a team. Yeah, would you rather have imagine he's gotten that much worse? Would you rather have Horford or Blake Griffin? Horford, Horford, yeah, Blake Griffin's washed up, bro. Yeah, John thought that that Blake Griffin can still move. He he can't move anymore. No, he's I I wouldn't mind him, but like Horford's or he's losing a, a three-point Horford, Horford can guard like and beat like he can help guard like and beat and Giannis and stuff. Griffin ain't doing that. He's also like a great passer. He doesn't need shots. He's he's he'd be a great player. I just don't know if they can get him. Uh, and the, but then to that point, it's like there's just too many bigs at that point because I would rather. Is it a stretch to say that I'd rather play Time Lord than Horford? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Time Lord is like really just like 
He's young, but he's one not dimensional. He's he, he's like he's just like blocks. He's like jumps high. He's good, but it's more active than Horford is at this stage in his career. Horford hasn't. Horford last year doesn't count. He's playing. And you just don't really know Horford because he's an OKC. He's now an OKC. He's actually playing pretty there's well. No, there's no point of his like existence in OKC. So. Yeah. Um. The Kemba thing. I was thinking about it, about how anti Kemba some of us have been, and I was watching the game last night. And the foreign point guard. I mentioned this in the chat, but the foreign point guard for the Nuggets was outplaying him. I know people. Boston, shut up. No, that's people, not true. They, they you the have to, like you pay attention to camp. Like that's just like a like Al, Al Horford is actually really good this year. I wasn't uh, like Austin, fifteen point three points, forty five percent field goal. Uh, he's averaging um, seven, like seven rebounds, four assists, a block, a steal. He's actually wow. Quiz question, Bijan might know this. What is Horford's nickname? The flinch guy, I don't know. Playoff Al? No, 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 his middle name. Oh, uh, Joel. Wow. <laughs> okay, but John, it's not, I'm not going to be anti-Horford. I, I was making a different point about Kemba. Yeah, yeah let's just move on. All right, yeah. But I'm just going to say, like, again, to your point about the Malik Beasley thing from a week ago, on these bad teams, somebody has to score the points. Somebody has to score the points. So 15.3 on an OKC team. Might be like eight point nine on a normal. I don't care about his scoring, Austin. We don't need him for scoring. No, I know, but I know, but when John says, "Oh, he's averaging fifteen point three, that's good." Let's just you know, let's check that. Let's just check. That was one of the five stats I read, but like, okay, yeah, okay. But again, the Kemba thing, the five eleven foreign point guard on Denver, and I know it might be a function of maybe Denver was not really doing too well besides Jokic last night, but he was just making you. He just had more energy than Kemba. They and play a different style. Like he's an energy. I'm aware, but like that's the, that's the only reason he's in the league. He like hustles. That's not to say like, Kemba can't just like better. And like I'm just getting less and less confident in. You Kemba. can't just like you wouldn't if you played that guy versus Kemba. Like you're not like you have a better chance of winning with Kemba Walker on a long term basis. I know, but I'm just can't be I so short. Like, you can't be so short like sighted. And like this guy is like hustles like. Great, like great. I'd love to. Have, I don't like like players like that annoy me. But like, he's a, he's he's a, he'd be a great player to have on a team. But like, can't just say he's better than like Kemba. Like, he's an established guy. Like, all right, you can, but it's, just, it's blasphemous to say. It's disrespectful. It's it's not also very short sighted. He does one good game. I'm not saying he's a better player. I'm saying he had a better. He outplayed him last night. It's just um, what I'm saying, which goes to the larger point, which is that Kemba's disappointment this year has manifested to a point where. It's just getting less confident for me. He's that done better in like the last few games, actually. So. Wizards game was good, but and he was better last night. He just missed some shots. He's getting his legs under him. He, can, I know he can. Everyone knows he can make shots. It's like it's more about. I see him getting to like the rim. And he's just like he needs to get some of that back. Like he just like when I'm watching him, he just gets me like mad because I feel like he can do more. But like when I look back at it, like. I mean, some of the shot. I remember he took a step back last night, and I, I and late in the game, and I was like, okay, I thought I liked the shot, even though he missed. And I feel like with him, like he's trying at least to like get to his spot. Sometimes Tatum is just being lazy. That's why, like, I don't get after games. I'm not as mad at Walker as I am at Tatum because Tatum, like, I can I know what he's capable of. Walker at least is trying to get back, so it's a little different. I guess, but like, I don't. I guess my my frustration about Kemba is like you're frustrating with Tatum because you defend. Walker and I defend Tatum too, and we're like, you know, it's, it's different. Hope. Like Tatum, like everyone anoints him as like a superstar, and you can't just not can't have games like Tatum. Like when you're just like being passive, like Walker. Like I, I, I just told you, like he he plays. He he has more. First of all, he's coming off an injury. It's like a little different. Second, he's he needs to. He I when I watch him, he's get he's trying to to do what he does. He's trying to. And his game is different than Tatum. Tatum's game should be predicated on getting to the rim and shooting threes, not like step back twos. And Walker is yeah, when he does the step back twos, he starts to go into his sophomore year Tatum. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I, I can't. I, this is a terrible shot. Either he should be taking threes and layups, and like he's good at floaters and stuff like that. When he squares up, when he gets when he gets physical, he's like almost unstoppable. And you know, Kemba, Austin, I see, like, I see the effort and I see him trying to, to do it. And even though it's frustrating that he's not super effective, you know, at least I can appreciate that. Tatum, it looks like he's just being soft. It's a little different. Okay, I don't, I, I also get 
frustration from Tatum. There will be plays. And the one that pisses me off the most is when the the defense knows he's going to take the guy one-on-one and then spin from right to left, and then they, they send the second guy there. And then, it, and then he, he loses it. Yeah. yeah. It happens so I'll, often. I'll close my eyes and be like, damn it. Like, come on. Like, why don't you read that? But then there will be other times, like, he just made some great passes last night, which just shows the evolution of his game, which I'm very proud of. And so in a way, I'm, I don't want to excuse when he does the long twos, although he did make a long two in, in Murray's mouth last night, which was nice. Um, yeah, I know, but it's just, it's not a good shot. I mean, it's, even though like, he makes, like, like he can probably, he can probably make the shot, but he should be getting, to, the Clippers game is a great example. The, the one a few weeks, like a two, like a week ago, he was just, he was shooting threes and he was getting to the rim and he was scoring up and he's playing against a much better defensive team than the Nuggets are. So it's not about that. He's being guarded by Kawhi, who's a great defender. And in this game, he's being guarded by Jamal Murray. It's, it's, it's blatantly obvious. I mean, I, hope, I know I heard of the thing that said, oh, he hasn't gotten like his lungs back from COVID. Like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to like say it's like not true because it, it's true. Like I'd feel really bad, but like I see like what he can do and and it's just like this. I mean, that game. I remember there was like a few plays. He just, you know, when he gets to kind of like gets the block, and then he um he does like a up fake and he steps through, and he's so good at that and so repeatable. Yet this game, he's catching the ball way outside. He's not working to get position inside, and then he'll take two dribbles, maybe actually you know, he'll take more dribbles. Then he'll take a step back too, and it'll be a waste of possession. He might make the shot, still a waste of possession. Yeah, uh, that's okay. A few times a game, if he wants to do it once or twice, yeah, it's fine. But if he's just doing, if he's looking for that, like more than like five times a game it's it's really annoying and it's really bad basketball yeah i agree and he then, should look to get himself easier shots he should look at even like if he wants to take slightly deeper threes i'm fine with that jalen was doing it it's fine if he, really, like it doesn't have to not everything has to be off the dribble mm-hmm. yeah all right do we want to wrap a bow on the celtics there um over to the the nets before we do our um bulls update um so the nets these last two games. So they won four straight games. Uh, last week, of course, the update was they lost three straight games. So now they've won four straight. These last two have been without Durant. Last night's comeback of the Suns was without Kyrie. Um, I was impressed in the Kings game with uh, the lineup of Harden, Harris, Shamit, Tyler Johnson, and DeAndre Jordan. Obviously, Tyler Johnson, some Tyler Johnson action here. He's been, you know, he's been like in and out of relevance in the league, but. Now he seems like he has more relevance with this Nets team. Um, Kyrie is just really good in the Kings game. And then, of course, he missed last night. So there is some Chris Gioza sightings. And then Shamit was getting bullied by uh, Booker in the post early on. And then he had a good stand um, bodying him up at the end of the game. And Joe, honestly, Joe Harris, my two takeaways besides Harden was really, really good. Joe Harris and Jeff Green are very, very important in this team. And Chris and uh, Harris is obviously good because he can re he can does a really good job of re relocating off of the drives but jeff green man i don't know how long this jeff green play can sustain he's super important for them and it's great that he can make threes and he took he to play where he took deandre ayton off the dribble from the three-point line and made a layup so it's like oh hey now you're doing that now jeff green and he's basically the anchor there when when john Dijon comes out when DeAndre Jordan is um off the floor there. Yeah, DeAndre Jordan is terrible. He's not good at anything. Well, he can roll. He's so bad. He, I mean, he, like, he like barely can move anymore. Like he can jump, but like, but like, like he can because he's just like tall. Like yeah, he uh, keep going. I'll continue. I'm still. They can still score when Harden, when Harden, DeAndre Jordan pick and roll. It almost reminds me of like a Clint, the Clint Capella days. With- Harden can score with anyone in a pick and roll. Yeah, but I'm just saying, and they spread it out very nicely with Harris and then Shamit. Shamit used to be like a, he used to be terrible in my eyes. Now he's coming around. He's making threes now, and then Tyler Johnson's making some shots here. The French dude TLC. I know Bijan has the pronunciation. He's been wait, wait. Can you guys real quick? Can you guys hear that um, alarm going off in my background? Huh? No, you're good. All right. Well, yeah, I don't know. And then obviously, so these games are great against the the Suns and the Kings, and it's good to see them um, come back against the Suns. You know, this is me as being the uh, being the defender of the Nets in the show, the program here. Um, but obviously, the big game here is when they play the Lakers on Thursday on TNT because everybody's going to come away with takeaways from that. 
And I hope that Durant plays in that game. Um, but Wait, isn't the Lakers Nets tonight? No, no Thursday. Oh. Well, okay. obviously, I wouldn't expect the Lakers to win because they don't have AD, but... Well, so, here's the deal. So, um, the the Nets are, like, they're, like, so... They're not really that good. They're they're fake right now. Um, you know, when I, when I look at them... Yeah, I was watching the first half of that game last night against Phoenix. By the way, Austin, I know I was, making, I was roasting Phoenix. I actually like them uh, after watching them last night. Actually, uh, I'm a fan of them. You know, Booker, uh, I don't really like, but, like, he was playing really well. And then Chris Paul. So, overall... That's what's one takeaway. Um, second, um, you know, the Nets, they don't play any defense. So, and I don't see why that would ever change because they, they just, so I don't know. I don't see how that would change. They don't play any defense. They're not going to win a championship. You need to be able to play defense. It's that simple. Thanks. No, I agree. I still, I've never called them the championship contender over here. I've, I've always said they're going to win the East, not win the, the title. And I still late in life. I, I think they're the most dangerous team by far, because no matter what, they're going to have good offense, but and they can have good defense for a game or two, or like I think they, they can, can outscore you a couple games, and then they can just have a good lucky defense for a game, and that could uh, equate to a championship, maybe. I think the Clippers are going to win the chip. Excuse me. All right, we have this on tape now. I will go you back. Pretend that you heard that. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it's not a hot take, you guys. Oh, like, oh, the Lakers. Okay, they just won. Like, it's not a big deal if you get that the Lakers right. But if I get the Clippers yeah. right, Johnson, yeah, you're a Clippers fan. Uh, no, they're my like third favorite team. Well, I first is Celtics, second is Hornets, third is Clippers. So. Ooh, but yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm going to disagree with you about the defense. I pointed out the play to you guys about how Harden was sleeping in the paint on Tyrese Halliburton, like 18 feet away from him. Oh, that no-name player. 44% three-point shooter. And not only did he... For the reason why we lost that game, I hate to say it. Yeah, we, we've been over that because you missed the show last week, but we mentioned that, John. I did not miss the show. No, I said John missed the show when we said that B. John jinxed us in the Halliburton Celtics game. Um, John, you should wear an eye patch, like Rigetti. Rigetti is the worst. I mean, you represent Los Bucks. What? Yeah, represent... Jack Sparrow. All right, we good? All awesome. Right. You know Rigetti? No, I, I'm not like familiar with that franchise that much. So. Uh, you're a bum. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, not only, yeah, I, I won't even get in the hardened help defense thing, but it is what it is. Um, keep, uh, to keep moving here. Um, Row, Bulls update. I did some research for this one. They had a good win against the Pacers. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. was back after 11 games. There's some there named Cornette. I don't know. Junior fucking blows. He's no, so he, had, bad. he had some good. Cornette, no, the Luke Cornette was. Yeah, he's no, he's, he's not good. He's not good. Luke Cornette. Um, Kobe. No, the fact that I saw Luke Cornette in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Luke Cornette is not it. Um, I'm glad to have Wendell Carter back. We need to get Markinen back. But I'm, I'm I'm proud of the Bulls right now. You know, Kobe White, Kobe White, Shirley, we're seeing his true colors. Elite shooter, along with Zach Levine, except I, I still think we need to trade Zach Levine. Even though he's an all-star, even though he's pretty much our entire offense, I just think that – I just think that for a long term in the future, we're better off without him or trading him at while he's, like, value still high. But I'm really glad to see our young guys come out and play really hard. Daniel Gafford, I think, should have more minutes. I think he deserves more minutes, but – who the fuck yeah. is Daniel Gafford? Daniel Gafford? He's, he's, you literally have G League people on your own. On the program. Excuse me? All right, whatever. No, I think I think the Bulls are looking good, though. I think Cody White, a long-term point guard, he's so good. I remember some Bulls he's fans. He's an average starting point guard. What else do you have? No, I think I think actually, that's one player in the Bulls that I do like, Kobe White. Yeah, yeah he's really good. Hey, Kobe White's good. He's, he's, good. He, he's potential. Um, Patrick Williams, I think he's increasingly getting more involved in our offense. He's still defensively. I think he's very well. I think he's one of the best rookies defensively. And he's a bust. <laughs> All right. No, he's not. He's played less than 30 games. But I think that I think that he's still coming into his shell. Thaddeus Young is our only veteran leader. That's why I think we should trade Zach Levine and try to get some piece, some picks and maybe a veteran, veteran leader because we need that right now. We don't have him. Denzel Valentine is also like Starting to be more involved, even though I still think he sucks. But 
Yeah, bro. Denzel Valentine was playing crunch. Was an important guy in crunch time and overtime. He did pretty good though. Well, like, what's going on? No, you cannot give props to Denzel Valentine. Still, have you guys seen him shoot before? Have you ever seen him shoot? Denzel Valentine he when he shoots, he not be ugly. Ugly. When he shoots, his arms like flail. It's hilarious. What? I love watching him shoot. It's terrible. But, yeah, no. I just think that. Yeah, I don't know. Bro, I'm coming. Well, ninth in the East, so that's not that's something to be proud of. Even though we're 11 and 15, and we shouldn't be ninth in the East, it's the East, so we're ninth in the East. But yeah, you shouldn't be ninth. You should be 13th. The Celtics. This is a good point because the Celtics. If the Celtics' record was in the West, we would be the ninth seed in the West, which is like ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, but I think it's important to note that you know, like with like CC Ball, you could have a losing record and still be in the playoffs. So I think we got to keep got to keep our head up. It's a good point, actually. It's a good. A good analogy. Like, like I said, the Bulls Eastern Conference Finals, just like finals for you guys, you know? Yeah, but Ro, you can't say you're going to trade Zach Levine and also go to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Well, no, I said that because I predict that we won't trade him, but I want us to. But I don't think we will, just because he's so having... So you don't want to make the Eastern Conference Finals? Well, this year, I think long-term, and in the long-term picture, we need to trade Zach Levine. And it might not be this season, but his value is probably peaked right now. In terms of like, he's going off every game. That was like thirty a game. He he won't be an all star. So he will be an all star. All right. Point. My second bullet note was: Will Zach Levine make the all star game? Because we know there's only twelve spots. And I have twenty one guys I list here. Tell me if you think Zach Levine is a top twelve guy out of these twenty one names. All right, ready for this: Jalen Brown, Bradley Beal, Giannis, Durant, Embiid, Jason Tatum, uh, Harden, Kyrie. Bam Adebayo, Ben Simmons, Chris Middleton, Zach Levine, Sabonis, Vucevic, Julius Randle, Trey Young, Colin Sexton, Gordon Hayward, Jeremy Grant, Drew Holiday, and uh, uh, Rog, uh, Rogdon. Rogdon from, also, you forgot about Terry Verzier. And thrown Verzier if you want. So 22 guys there. Do we think Levine is an all-star? Isn't he averaging? Definitely better than Rozier. I think, it's, I think it's difficult. I think he's right at that like borderline edge. Doesn't Butler miss too many games though? He's still better than Zach Levine. But for the All Star Game purposes, I, I don't think he has enough games to qualify. I don't know. Like the All Star Game, I just I just think that like how like they made a mistake with like Bradley Beal a few years ago where he was averaging like thirty and they didn't put him on the All Star team. I think Zach Levine deserves it. I think he's playing. Austin, what about Westbrook? Westbrook. Or Westbrook's not making the All Star game. You can't have two All Stars from a team who's won yeah. like eight games. You can actually Westbrook. I'm not. Where, where, no. What laws are stating it says it's not allowed? Westbrook's is not good enough this year. Yeah, he's not good enough, Bijan. Better than Levine. Better have him. I think it would make it over Levine though too. Yeah, Levine's had an objectively better season than Westbrook. Yes. Like statistically, Westbrook will be superior over so many players just because he's that type of player. But I think, yeah, this season I would definitely put Zach Levine over Westbrook as an all-star. Yeah, Levine's actually good, man. He's been, like, effortlessly – he was effortly, effortlessly making threes. And then also, I don't know why defenses do this, but they always allow him to drive right off the pick and roll. I don't know why they just – And he's so fast, too. He's so fast. He's probably one of the quickest players in the league. And he's also one of the best shooters. He could be, like, one of those first players to win, like, a dunk contest and a three-point contest, shooting 43% from the, the three-point field. Like that's that's crazy, and he's shooting a lot too. I mean, him and Kobe Wade, first duo in NBA history to have eight threes in a game. Wait, oh, both of them had eight threes in a game. Kobe and Levine both had eight threes. The first duo in NBA history. Everyone thought it would be like Clay and Steph, but it wasn't. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, but to the point about Levine, a name that I want to bring up, and also for Bijan for um, Hornets fan Gordon Hayward. Do we think he'll make an all the, the All Star game? Should he make the All Star game? Yeah, I doubt he makes it, but he definitely should make it. He's there, yeah, exactly. He deserves to make it this year. I just don't think he will. He's a good. He's like the stabilizing force in that team. He's, he's averaging more. Like he's averaging like so many, the thing about the Hornets, like, they, like, they have so many guys that can like have a good game every given night. One night it's Lamelo. The next night it's Gordon. Next night it's Rozier. Maybe throw on D Graham. Oh, maybe oh Bridges. PJ Washington. Or... Washington, you know, and. Malik Monk maybe a hot night one night. Yeah, eh, yeah, he may get like one good game, but like he's not really consistent. Um, but like then they, I feel like 
they're a team that could really benefit from adding like you know Cody Zeller's all right like they, the other bigs are all right like they're not great but um and you, but if you added um like Vucevic you know they're a team that I could really look at as a battling for a championship and what, what? frame at what did time you just say did you just say if the Hornets added Vucevic they would be battling for a championship yes Bijan what yeah dude that's a, oh my god. I would, say, I would say they'd be in the playoffs. I don't think they'd be battling for a championship. Yeah, their first round exit with Vucevic. Uh yeah, I just I'm really high on their their core. You know, and they add Vucevic, you know, maybe give it give it like a year or two, and they can really be really make some noise with Lamelo. Probably not. They probably wouldn't be a they probably wouldn't be a contender this year, but like maybe like in two years with Vucevic and. Rogier and Hayward and Lamella. How good do you think Vucevic is? You act like he's like LeBron. He's one of the best. He's one of the best signers in the league. No, he's not. He's a borderline yeah. All Star. He like might not make the All Star game. Well, he I should. Think, I think he's kind of underrated, back. but he's not that good. He's not going to make the Hornets a Finals team. Bro, oh God, you think the Bulls are making the Eastern Conference Finals. They're good, bro. In the East, the are Hornets, you kidding me? The Hornets are better than the Bulls, like significantly. In a seven-game series, I'm taking the Bulls, bro. I'm taking the Bulls like four-two on that. No, 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 yeah. Trust me, Lamelo. Lakers go, bro. What? Where would Bulls Lakers go? Bulls Lakers probably go. If they, is AD playing? No. If AD's not playing, I'm gonna go. I go Bulls four-three. Bulls four-three. <laughs> uh, if the, if the okay. Lakers didn't have a uh, Anthony Davis, I feel like. The Celtics would beat him in five. No. Maybe six or seven, but like LeBron's not going to, or probably six, but LeBron's not going to lose in five. Yeah, maybe. Probably six. Yeah, I don't know. Quick Rockets update. I know Sam's not here, but they've lost six straight games and now it's tied for second to last in the West. Yeah, they suck. They suck. Um. All right, John, do we want to get into the, the Jazz debate real quick? What is hurt? Sure. Jazz have won 19 of their last 20 games, and yet John somehow is still a doubter of their team. Yeah, they suck. They're not a good team. They've right, been- I think they suck, but I, I since I, last I, week, I had, like, the Steelers vibes kind of. like I, I just think they're, like, doing yeah, really hot off the yeah. start. But I don't see them going, like, that far in the playoffs. I'm not, like, going to take them that seriously. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think the Steelers, good. but they won't win a playoff series. or a round. No, they'll, they'll win the first. Because they'll, they'll be the one seed. They'll play, like, the eight seed. Or the two, I, I, I still think they're going to lose. They'll, they'll be like a two-seven matchup. They'll be they'll win the first round, I think, but they won't go that far. They won't if, be in the second if round. If they're a one through three team, I still think they're going to lose. So John, if they're the one seed right now, the eight seed is the Warriors. You would pick the Warriors over the Jazz in a playoff. Uh, series? Yep, I would. Yep, I guess the Warriors playoff. I pick the Warriors. I could see the like I, I'm not a Jazz hater, but I could definitely see the 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 Warriors being the Jazz. Yeah, I, I think the, the Warriors. Jazz play, the Warriors have like I think I'll definitely pull through. Steph Curry, you know, he's one. He's Best proving to be the best point guard in the world. Um, yeah, I think I think it'd be like a Jazz Nuggets type lo- matchup. That's why I see it being. That's what, that's that's yeah. That's where the the Jazz would have. The only team I see them beating is like the Grizzlies. If the Grizzlies. The Jazz are good. The Jazz are a well-rounded team, though. Yeah, I think they're a really well-rounded team. Like they don't have like Donovan Mitchell scoring twenty-four points a game, which like if you look at his career, might seem like a down, like not a down year, but like yeah, average, like year. average more maybe. But like they're having a really well rounded. I like the 2014-15 Hawks. That should be yeah. yeah. I saw that on Instagram. That like makes yeah. sense. Except the Hawks had like four All Stars in their team. I think the Jazz have like one. But the Jazz have six guys averaging double figures. So I guess you could make that comparison in a sense. Yeah, but the Hawks had like so many. I think I think I think it's a good comparison. But except the the Hawks had like four All Stars and the Jazz have one. But I guess it's just the West and the East was different back then. And I, I think like the Mavericks, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Spurs, the Suns, Blazers, Clippers, and Lakers would all beat them in the series. Not in the seven game series. The Jazz, I feel like, would be a strong seven game series. <laughs> you, think, you think the Spurs would beat them? Yep. Really? How, oh, they're they're actually they're actually pretty good. Yeah, they're like the six seed right now. But yeah, uh, five seed, I think. Or, yeah. I don't know how long they'll last though. Yeah. First of all, well, they 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 they're in a quarantine right now because of COVID. But John. I don't know how you can disrespect this Jazz team because they beat the Bucks twice by like a lot both times. They held Giannis at two points. It's the regular season. Dude, I, the Bucks aren't the, and the Bucks aren't even good in the playoffs. They're better in the regular season. John, I understand it's regular. Oh, season. I didn't say that. All right, Max, do you think the Jazz are going to win like a playoff series? Probably. 
All right, what about two? I don't know. You I said double one. I said they won. They probably pick a two seven. I don't see. I don't see why they would lose in the first round. I don't. I don't see why they would win in the first round unless they play the Warriors. Yeah, John. On, yeah, that's fair. Unless they, unless it's the Nuggets. If it's if the Nuggets fall the eighth seed, then then I'd be a little bit concerned for the Jazz. But I would take the Jazz over a Warriors team, which has. I know margins. I was wrong about the the Bucks the Bucks Packers margins, but. The Warriors would have would have a smaller margin of error than the than the Jazz because it's yeah, full on you for for for, 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 for yeah I yeah I was wrong about that but like the Jazz are really well connected they're a really good team they have guys who like like really play well with each other have an edge you look at Ingles Ingles has like a flair to him they have like. Six of the rotation guys are shooting at least thirty-eight percent from three. You can say, "Wow, that might not sustain." But we're we're twenty. They play twenty-eight games, and they 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 have those numbers right now. Jordan Clarkson is probably going to be six man of the year. He's averaging eighteen point two points per game off the bench, ninety-six percent from three, eight point four attempts per on threes per game, shooting thirty-eight point five percent. That's really good. Conley, Mike Conley was bad last year for his career, like compared to what you know what was expected out of him. He's been much better this season. He's been like objectively much better. And so you look at that and you know, it's like the same season from, you know, Gobert and Mitchell, but like they're just they're locked in. So I think they're a good team. And it's just disrespectful for you to say that they would automatically lose in the first round, no matter who they would play. Yes, they're a regular season team in my eyes. They're they're not at all a playoff team. Like when a team like like you said, if you're in a one game, like if you're just playing a regular season team, all right, they'll go over the game plan you know they're probably not going to show too much uh, too many things or too much stuff um and you know they'll just play that one game but if you're in a best out of seven there's constant adjustments and uh you have the entire like week prior to adjust if it's like the first round um even so you have any stock into account that they beat the pelicans and the mavericks both in back-to-back games no it's a regular season not just one game Back-to-back games, so like oh, make the regular season. Okay, all right. So we're gonna put that down there as a storyline to fall for the program. Jazz hater John. We'll see what happens with that. Um, Draymond, Draymond's comments. Do we want to mention that? Um, I should at least say what Sam wrote down. But do you guys have any takes on um, Draymond's take about how the NBA is like treating guys who are gonna get traded like? unfairly or whatever like he makes a good point you know that like how if players do it, it's unprofessional but teams can really do whatever the f they, they want um so yeah overall i just like agree with him and um yeah i don't think it's a huge topic to debate but you know I, like i don't know if you really like can't i guess you cannot uh, agree with him but like i don't know i i kind of just see his point i think it's very clear all right i'm just gonna read um sam's thing because Sam seems to be pretty fired up about this, and he brings like a tremendous amount of nuance into this. So let me just read what he he said. This is going to take like a minute or two. Um, all right, he said, Draymond. A lot of what Draymond Draymond had to say is centered around this idea of players and organizations getting the same respect as one another, which is something that I believe to be true in most aspects of the league. His points on mental health with Kyrie and the disrespectful moves by organizations, namely Boogie finding out about his trade via a post-game interview and Harrison Barnes discovering his trade on the bench are good points. But his discussion seems to go beyond that, which is where I start to disagree with him. He almost seems to justify Harden's demand for a trade by by juxtaposing it with Drummond's situation, situation, saying that the league complained when a player demanded trade but can turn around and trade a player with no repercussions. The notion of player and organization equality sort of falls apart to me. Sure, these organizations are extremely wealthy and make much more than the players, but the players still make a lot. 10, 20, even 50 million is, is a ton of money. No players are forced to sign. God damn it, John. Um, no players are forced to sign any contracts outside of the rookie deals, and so they have pretty solid control over, the, over their careers. Ultimately, any players demanding a trade don't really belong in the league, in my opinion. Politely asking is one thing, but to sit out like 80 or poison your team like Harden is another. When you sign that contract, you are agreeing to give your services to that team for a certain amount of time for a certain amount of money. You are not a hostage. Also, 
when you sign that contract, you understand that trades are a part of it. If you're if you aren't playing well or if your team isn't playing well, you should expect changes to happen that might involve you leaving your city. I can admire how Draymond is standing up for other guys in the league, but his take is pretty toxic to the integrity of the league, and that kind of rhetoric will only continue to push stubbornness and arrogance of players. Important side note, this mindset spawned the super era, the super team era, in my opinion. Not much loyalty anywhere. End of Sam's point. Thoughts? I agree with that. Honestly, I think I think that a lot of players get really immature and they don't realize that when you're in the NBA and you sit out like games, like that's millions of dollars in revenue that a team's losing. And your contracts are worth millions of dollars too. You know, you gotta play for that money, you gotta earn it. You're at the biggest stage in your career. I think it's worth the play and it's a little immature for players and I feel like self-righteous for them to sit out. I think I agree with him and that they should just play and not worry too much about the organization. That's what they're there. They're there to play basketball, you know, to go back to that Fox Lays point to shut up and dribble, you know, sometimes you got to do that. Do you agree with that? What? To a certain extent. What? Not, not in the political sense and the, but in the that. sense that, in the sense that players have a certain right, they can ask for a trade, but I feel like confronting the front office and that they should like about the way they're treated, but they can't just go out and demand a trade because if they do that, then the player organization will be treated with that from the organ, like from like GMs and stuff. You know, I think they got to like all be on a level of maturity and they got to do their job. I, I, I guess I sort of agree with that. And the way that I thought about this, like if it's all, I guess I don't really care about this because it doesn't impact the Celtics for me. But the point that John keeps making because he, he's a Celtics hater is what if tomorrow Jason Tatum said, you know what? I'm tired of this team. I want to trade. How would I feel? And I would feel I would I would not like Jason Tatum in that moment. I would be like, what the fuck? What the fuck, man? Like really? It's happening in the next three years, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Four years. Because Jason Tatum is too critical of the Celtics' success. If the Celtics are successful, Jason Tatum will be happy. And that's why I think with all these really good players, they're upset that their team's not doing well. But like a majority of the team's success is dependent on their success. So the team's not doing well, they're not doing well. And that's why I don't like when players request for trades. I say they're really good. And it's all the big players that are asking for trades, and it's their fault that the teams aren't doing very well. They're, the, they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. And I think they should do their job, honestly. And it's, it's a little obnoxious for them to be requesting trades when they've just made it. I mean, GMs and players want to see their team do well. No one wants to see their team do poorly. So I think it's, it's like they should compromise with each other. But I think demanding trades and publicly stating that is just, I think it's beyond their contract and their right to do that. All right. I guess the more um, woke slash um, modern view of things would say, well, their job can also be beyond what they what they're playing, like their brand or whatever, you know, their role in the community. And I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to point that out. But yeah, so I think we can move on from that. Um, other standings things, the Sun, Bijan Suns there. Um, before last night, they'd won six straight games. They're 17 and 10. They beat the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers. The Blazers have won five straight. They're all 17 and 10. They beat the Sixers twice in the last two weeks. The Sixers, about that point, they've lost three straight games. The Bucks have lost four straight games. Each of those si- the Sixers and Bucks have lost to both the Suns and the Jazz recently. The Bucks also lost to the Thunder and the Raptors. Um, the Cavaliers. Once a playoff team, have now lost eight straight games, and they've dropped to the 13th seed in the East. And then East versus West, just wanted to point this out, because there's a big juxtaposition between these two conferences. Only four teams in the East have winning records. Eight teams in the West have winning records. There's only th- um, there's three playoff teams in the East right now who have losing records, the Knicks, the Hornets, and the Raptors. Only get this, only one team in the Eastern Conference, has a winning record on the road. Can you guys guess what team that is? Only one team in the East? Celtics. Nope. Only one team in the East has a winning record on the road this season. The Sixes? The Bucks. Nope, nope, nope. Knicks? Pacers. Pacers. Yeah! Yeah! No, 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 no. Don't pound it, Pacers. Pacers at 7-5, and five. yep. Um... Guess, and then there's eight teams in the West who have winning records on the road, including the nine seed Grizzlies. So there's that. Um, I think that ties it both for the NBA, NFL. I only had two bullet points. Um, one, um, Vincent Jackson 
passed away at the age of 38. Um, just like no name receiver. No, he wasn't. No, took the hell up, bro. Shut up. I just like it was just one of those things where I'm like, oh, Vincent Jackson. Like I remember him from like my. He's better all time than Julian Edelman. So no, he's not. Yeah, he is. No, he fucking is not. He's one of the best receivers of the era. So Julian Edelman's like the leader in fucking playoff yards. Receiving in so many games because of Brady. No, because he's been good in playoff games. I'd rather, I'd rather have Vincent Jackson. You're stupid. He was, he was, he was like the original Mike Evans. You know, they're like the same player. They were once teammates, right? Yeah, they're teammates for like three years. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We had. How did he die? Apparently, it was like some alcohol, like uh, X Buck. So I'm looking at X Buck. Vincent Jackson suffered from chronic alcoholism. Sheriff says. So I don't. That was. I don't know if that was related or anything. Yeah, I think there's investigation. They don't really know. I like mixed drugs. They also suspected CTE. I don't know exactly what happened, but he was in, it happened in a hotel. Um, and he was reported missing by his family before. So it's really surprising, sad, because I didn't think of, you know, he was really, it doesn't make you like a bad person, but like it just he seemed like he had everything under control um, just from all his work in the community. But guess you never know. And I, um, Ryan Leaf, who was the famous uh, se- second pick after uh, Peyton Manning, was he was a uh, Jackson was his receiver for a while, and he was really uh, sad and angry with the NFL how they don't do anything about the mental health of their players after they leave the league. He went on a big rant about it. That's a good point, actually, about the larger theme about the NFL here. But yeah. Um, yeah, so just sad news there. And then the other bullet note I have is Carson Wentz. Do you think he's going to get traded soon? Like within within the next week, maybe? Yes? No? Maybe? I don't know. It's not really... I just think he gets traded to like the Colts. Yeah, I think he has to get traded eventually. I think the Bears are a good likely team because A, uh, the Eagles, you know, the cap space for Wentz is what a lot of team fears. And I think the Bears are just looking for an upgrade somewhat. And so I think the Bears are going to trade Nick Foles back to the Eagles, which makes sense because similar to the cap. And I think they'll give up like a pick or two. So I, I can see the Bears being a popular destination. But like I said, a lot of people see the Colts because they have a former OC down there of Wentz. And, you know, they have a lot of cap and picks. So I think it's definitely going to be one of those te- two teams, obviously. Yeah, so if it were Colts and Bears versus the field, would it be like minus 500 odds, Colts or Bears? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I would think, yeah. All right. Um, I think that's that for that. Second to last bullet note here, CC Ball tomorrow, last day. Last day, DCL Large Championship. Um, the irony that as a DCL small team with a DCL Large Championship and two teams had to compete to go to overtime just for the right to play us in the championship. Um, and we, we did a little bit of this um, before the, the show officially started. Okay, well, let me let me just say the preview because these guys don't know how the game ended. So uh, AB was playing Newton South without their best kid, their big man, Doherty, who's like 6'8". He's going, probably going to go D1. Um, he, he was the MVP as a sophomore of the week, and so they were without him. AB was up by 12 going into the fourth quarter. And basically, New and South is down by like eight with two minutes left. They start hitting some threes, uh, a couple lucky bank threes. And then, um, you know, okay, so there's like eight seconds left, and New and South is down by four. AB drives, kicks it. The guy shoots it. The ball's in the air, gets hammered after the shot, and one on the three. And then hits the free throw to tie it with four seconds left. So they gave up a four-point play with four seconds left. AB doesn't get it to go. New and South wins in overtime. Crazy finish. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. I didn't know that they were up by, what, 14, you said, in entering the fourth. I just yeah. saw like the final minute. And, yeah, it really seemed like AB was in control. And then New and South had that crazy play. Yeah, poor poor number 11 there. He was, like, on the ground, like, mad at himself for committing that foul. So, poor guy. But, um, but yeah, predictions for tomorrow's championship. Remember last week on the program, we were kind of pessimistic about our chances against Weston, but we beat them twice. So I don't. I actually I don't want to make a prediction because I don't. I don't want. I'll go sixty-five, forty-five, 
Ninzo. It's my prediction. Oh okay, yeah, but yeah, for the listeners, just for some context, uh, Noon South beat us pretty well both both times previously, but this was like five six weeks ago. But they beat us by double digits both times. So yeah, I'm gonna go forty eight sixty three Noon South. I'm gonna go sixty six forty nine Newton South. All right, we'll save John for last year. The other th- Ben Ben Brown is back for us. He didn't play in the first two games against them, so that's a big factor. Off, off Liam didn't play the first two games either. Oh, that's right. That's right. No. Oh, yeah, that is right. Yep. 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 Um, I think um, objectively, objectively, I think um, Noon South is going to win. Beat us a little by no a few points. Look at that mentality, pre-game mentality, the starting yeah, center. That's a bad mentality, Austin. What the hell are you doing? Noon South's going to win. It's all right. Dude, that's terrible, Austin. That's terrible. Look at that. I thought, you're, I thought you were significantly better than this at this point in your career. Owen's entered the waiting room, bro. He wants to talk to you. <laughs> no, no, no. He's <laughs> entered the waiting room. Thing, our advantage, both that we have Ben and Liam back, but also because psychologically, Noon South definitely went into – the Acton Broxburg game yesterday, I think that that was the championship because they definitely disrespect us. So I think we have that underdog mentality. I think we can win, but I think it's I think we have like a forty five percent chance to win. But um, yeah, I still not a great mentality going into the game. But bro, I just you look like you're about to explode with laughter. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to be object. I'm trying to be an objective radio podcast show host here. I don't want to be like Homer, be like Homer here. But yeah. Also, John's eye there. John, do you think we're going to win? Um, I'm not going to comment on it. All right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, oh. Team captain doesn't think we're going to win either. I hope we do win. All right. Um, and then last note here. Wow, we actually made good time for like the first time on a Zoom. And I'm not commenting on it because I'm superstitious. It's not because. No, uh, that's because captain doesn't think we're going to win. Captain doesn't believe in you, Austin. Captain doesn't believe in you. Look at him. He's like, damn it. It's like, shit, I'm caught. <laughs> not what I think, but that's exactly what he thinks. All the last segment of the week here. I'm gonna do this every week. We're countdown to March Madness. No. Yes, no, I will. Three and a half weeks until selection Sunday, and four weeks and two days until the first day of the round of sixty-four, the best day of the year. How many undefeated teams are left? The weekly segment. Two. Baylor, Gonzaga. Yes, you guys are on top of this. It's two. Baylor Gonzaga. There are three Big Ten teams in the AP top five, Michigan, Ohio State, and Illinois. Forest State blew out Virginia for like the ACC, you know, battle there. UConn, I'm I'm saying this right now. UConn's a sleeper pick for March Madness. They got this dude named James Booknight. This dude's a bona fide dude, man. He wears he wears a long sleeve undershirt. That's that's how you know this guy's a baller. Long sleeve undershirt. This guy's legit. Dude. dude. What seed is Iowa going to be? Iowa with Luca Garza. They're probably going to be like a four seed. All right, I'm going to have them going far. Um, but yeah, UConn. UConn, they had solid guys to begin with, but now with Book Knight back, watch out for them. Syracuse, probably not going to make the tournament. They need to win tonight at Louisville to keep their hopes alive. Jalen Johnson, I know you guys probably saw this. Um, opted, he, like, opted out? he opted out of the rest of Duke's season. That's crazy, bro. That, that, that just lowers his draft stock so much, opting out of a season at Duke. Yeah. Even though they suck. And he was going to be good, too. I don't, I don't know if it was a lottery pick, but he's probably going to be like a top first-round pick, probably. He was like yeah. a top-ranked freshman. ESPN. What does is, what is the draft look like this year? Because I know last year, like, there was no, like, really, like, standout guys. Who's going to be, like, the first pick this year? I have, like, no idea. Probably Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs. Duke and Kentucky even going to make it? No, no. Of them suck. How about UNC? UNC's on the bubble. Um, um but they have Caleb Love. How's it Florida, Austin? Florida's Florida's like a weird, like a probably <laughs> like a seven seed, like six or seven seed. How's Maryland? Irrelevant. I literally haven't seen any of them play. They're probably not gonna make the tournament. But yeah. Oh yeah, I know you you got like Florida, Maryland there. Um but first over pick probably between Suggs, Kate Cunningham, and uh, Evan Mobley. Out of USC. Oh yeah, Kate Cunningham is really good too. I can't imagine someone being named. Like, Wait, where does Kate Cunningham go? Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma State. State. Oklahoma State. Are they gonna make it? Yeah. They, they had sanctions on them because there's like some bullshit. There's like some bullshit reason why they got caught. It really wasn't that much. 
but they were what able. What did they get caught for? It was like helping like some kid like buy a house or something, or I don't know. It was like something weird. But incentive. Oh, it was like on the old. It was like on the old coaching staff. It, there's a completely new coaching staff now, and they're gonna punish the new the new regime. It made no sense. But Oklahoma State's probably gonna be like a probably like gonna be like an eight or nine seed. I don't know. And then um, yeah. So Jalen Johnson, and then Loyola, Loyola Chicago. When we were what freshmen, they made the Final Four run. Oh, don't tell me they're good. They're good now. They're ranked in the AP top twenty-five, and um, Sister Jean, Sister Jean is still alive. We remember Sister Jean from the twenty eighteen run. Wait, do they still have any good players? They only have one guy who was on that team, the center Crutwig. He's still there. He, yeah, he's like a mustache now. It's like a whole. Oh, I he like played too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I want to see a uh, UMBC in the in the tournament, bro. They have that. Five two point guard. That's yeah, sick, Kelder, right? Or Kelder? No, no, Kelder's on the Cavs or on the G League team. This guy's name is like Darnell Rogers. He's five. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's so good. Yeah, he's like ten or something, like five assists. I forget what the average is, but he's like so good. He's a D one player. It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's really crazy. Yeah, we're out here to give you buckets, bro. I've I have a proposal. Me, you, we just like run suicides. And you, uh, no, I'm not taking my shirt off for that. Is yeah. That what you want me to do? Yeah. That, that's the proposal. That's a proposal. Maybe for your birthday, I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> Bijan's birthday around the end of school for us seniors. But, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like the last day of school actually. Yeah. It's happening. Um, shit. Like four months away or three, wait, February, March, April. Yeah. Three months away. Three. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. All right, that's our show. Um, so yeah, good show. Stay on track this week. So we studio next week when uh, school resumes. But um, but yeah. So Rohit D'Souza, Max Topol, Bijan Sharifi, John Boyle, Austin Barrick. Uh, go CC Ball. Hopefully we will. Socks. And uh, yeah, there's your show. So thank go you. Go Hornets. Do the program.